Hello, hello. This is episode four of In Tune, a music appreciation podcast. We have a very special guest with us, the Bass Ackwards Graham Hooson. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> Hi, my name is Graham Hooson. I am a local music reporter and writer and um, music fan. We're all just fans here. We're all just fans. Tell me a bit more about yourself. What else do you do? Or do you like remember that certain point that made you realize that you really enjoyed music? Um, I think the the point that made me realize that I really, really enjoyed music was when I got into the local music scenes. Because before then, I I liked music and I enjoyed it. But most of my experience was listening like through my headphones to people who weren't Canadian and were probably a little bit more mainstream, but... When I got into the local crowd and I started going to more live shows, it gave me just like another kind of another level to understanding and appreciating music. Yeah. I think that seeing music live is like such a such an integral part of enjoying the medium. Mm -hmm. At at least that's just been my experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, It adds like this extra level of like intimacy to like the people that you already love. Completely. Yeah. Yeah. Being able to see the artist live kind of adds a little bit more emotion to it, I think. Mm-hmm. And emotion is really what's important to me when it comes to music, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The energy that an artist brings to their performance mm. is really important to like how much they also love their own art, if that yeah. makes sense, right? So it makes totally. you appreciate it a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. I also like the kind of the impermanency of seeing music live. Yeah. Like you can see the same song performed by the same artist a million different ways. Mm-hmm. And that one time that you see them perform it the way that you just, you love it so much, that's, 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 that's gone. Mm-hmm. You know, you're never going to experience it that exact way ever again. And I mm-hmm. like it like that. Yeah. And there's always like, even just for me, like I helped a, a friend of mine do some recording for their concert over coffee thing. And mm-hmm. like just even watching them perform and having to do like the songs over again. Cause like one person, one person in the band would feel a certain type of way about like, Oh, I forgot. I missed like a step in this drum section or like anything like that. And that's just from a recording session. Like mm-hmm. how many times do you, does that happen in live? And they just kind of have to like grit their teeth. Exactly. <laughs> but like that adds to the, uh, the enjoyability and the magic of live performances. Yeah. Another thing about like, just like live music and, and why that kind of connected me a little bit closer with, with music as an art is because you can, you can meet and you can talk to the people who are performing and who have written these songs that have impacted you so much. And it's, mm-hmm. They're not like these amorphous gods that you just like see online and people talk about like they're not really people there. They're there and you can ask them questions and nine times out of ten they're just really honest, cool people who are Mm -hmm. like happy that you're enjoying what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, So having that like relationship with the musicians is really great. And that's kind of why I love music writing as well is because these people are just they're just human beings. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Lovely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so do we want to jump into some uh, music news? Yeah. Sure. Let's just quickly make a note. Andrew's not here today. Yeah. Oh, I and wanted as to. Graham uh, is replacing Andrew for the week. He's just a little busy with school. Yeah. Yeah. So. I did want to add that uh, <laughs> before I introduced you, and then <laughs> I kind of flew off the handle. It's but yeah, that is Andrew. He's dead. <laughs> <laughs> what was I going to yeah. say? I was going to do the Taylor Swift thing. Oh, Taylor Swift thing? <laughs> Andrew can't come oh. to the phone right now. Oh. Yeah. Why? Because he's dead. Because he's on holidays. Because <laughs> he's a busy boy. He's a busy boy. Cool. Music news. Mm-hmm. We, I think we all wanted to talk about Ariana Grande. She literally just dropped a song. <laughs> this is, uh, by the way, we are recording on Sunday, the November 4th. Yeah. And yesterday, 
in tandem with SNL, Ariana Grande released a, a song called Thank You Next, mm-hmm. which is nothing. There's nothing subtle about it. There's nothing subtle as to what it's kind of who it's kind of directed to and why it's directed at them. Yeah, it is a shot at her exes. all of her exes, including yeah. Pete Davidson of SNL fame. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. Yeah, I forgot oh. about that. That <laughs> added layer. Is he, is he still a host on there? Yeah, he's still like one of the comedians on the on the bit on the Ugh. show. And he was a part, like, the reason likely that this song came out as early as it did was Ariana Grande felt a certain type of way about one of the SNL promotional videos that they put out. It had to do with, uh, I can't remember who the guest actor or guest actress was, but Maggie Rogers was the guest musician. It was Jonah Hill. Yes, It was Jonah Hill, yeah. yeah. So it was Jonah Hill, Maggie Rogers, and Pete Davidson all kind of introducing, hey, watch Saturday. Pete Davidson's whole bit in this promo vid was... On the second take of the promo, he was like, hey, uh, Maggie, you seem cool. Like, you want to get married? Mm. Oh. Man. And she was like, no, I'm good. And then he was like, oh, oh, for three. Ha ha. Ha ha. <laughs> Yikes. So Ariana, <laughs> like, from that day, she <laughs> she left a pretty sly remark on her Twitter of like, for someone who likes to say that they don't like relevancy, you sure like to cling to it. <laughs> <laughs> so... Got him. Real snide. Yeah. And then she put out this song. Which which the song didn't actually feel so much like... Like, I don't feel like it was an unfair call-out. No, not at all. Like, it's not like she was like, you're a horrible racist and you're bad in bed. Like, yeah. it was like... It was like uh, the relationship didn't pan out well, and yeah. now I'm focusing on myself and I yeah. feel good. And that's fine, yeah. Yeah. Like, it, it didn't feel like some kind of, like, hit necessarily. Mm-hmm. Like it felt more so like a like an honest gratitude for like even if this relationship was shitty and like all my other and most of my previous relationships have been shitty, I am grateful for them that they happened because they allowed me to grow Mm -hmm. as a better person. And that's kind of like the whole message of the song, which I personally really enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. Like that first and foremost where she kind of just lists off all of her relationships with like Ricky Alvarez, Big Sean. Yeah. Very sweet bit about Mac Miller. Yeah. Even as someone that like didn't really like Mac Miller. Yeah. As a as a musician, I didn't personally like his music all that much, but tragic that someone that young passed away. Yeah. Of course. I actually don't care so much for Ariana Grande's music. Really? I'm 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 not I'm not like a really big fan on like You don't really like your sh- like too sugary? That's exactly it. I was about yeah. to say that like saccharine like pop music that's just like it's like too sweet. Yeah. You know? Like it's it's too like cute and like the little chimes. It's 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 like a bit too much for me. Yeah. But I appreciate what uh she's doing. And also that like she's got a huge following in the queer community. Yeah. Yeah. She's an icon. She's a gay icon. Same with Carly Rae Jepsen. Oh, yeah. Who also put out the new song, which, um, did you listen to that one? No. It, I didn't realize is, she was still relevant, to be completely honest. Carly Rae? Yeah. I don't really She is, like, her. another person that has, like, a really large following with, like, the LGBTQ community. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're the ones that kind of brought up the give this woman a sword joke. Oh, I love <laughs> Yeah. So funny. And she got yeah. her sword. At a yeah. live performance, she got a foam sword. She was like, oh, cool, a sword. <laughs> <laughs> Give her a sword. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, that music video is her, the music video for Carly Rae Jepsen's new song "Party for One" is also like. like I feel like she's going for like a whole new attitude or like a new visual direction because mm-hmm. it's very risque. Is it? Yeah. Oh, like she's kind of just dancing around in like this like Calvin Klein underwear. She's like 
the whole message of the song is like party for one and it's like very like it's not drawing any lines in terms of like it's talking about basically like loving yourself and you know being sexual about it like there's like old grandmas putting taking out like big dildos and everything Hell in the yeah. music video awesome. <laughs> like it's like there's nothing to kind of mistake about what she's talking about right i'm kind of loving this like semi tacky trend of singing songs about how like healthy and like mm-hmm. happy and self-confident you are yeah especially because like it's mostly like young female pop stars who are doing that yeah being like i'm living for myself and i'm happy about it i kind of like that it's kind of fun yeah <laughs> it's new it's a shake-up from the old like i'm a sexy girl and i, and like I love men. you yeah yeah and you yeah, it's fun. <laughs> I used to be so strong, and somehow your your manly ways have taken me down. I'm decimated from <laughs> love. I, which I, I hadn't thought about it too much before the uh, Ariana Grande release, Thank You, Next. But I think if I had, not knowing too much about Ariana Grande, but being familiar with that kind of trope, I would have thought, oh, she's probably going to release like a sad song. Yeah. But she didn't, and mm-hmm. that's cool. I like that. Are you a, are you a pop? fan jugging i'm a big fan of um eastern pop like k-pop and everything that oh but not i don't really pay attention to too much western pop Mm -hmm. it's a little bit too repetitive yeah for me so but i did really like i listened to the song aiden sent it to me last night and i actually really enjoyed the ariana grande song but like i'm not actively going on like looking for like carly ray for example i didn't Mm -hmm. like i said i didn't even realize she was relevant or anything i just never paid attention to top 50 or whatever nothing like that yeah yeah Mm -hmm. Most of my music I get from Aiden, actually. Like, hey. well, that's like within that genre. I'll yeah, get it from within Aiden. like the Western. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, no, like within like pop or anything. Right. Most of it yeah. I'll get from you. Yeah. Because I'm not really paying attention to it. But like when I listen to it, I enjoy it. Just not like a daily rotation thing. Yeah. I I kind of hate, I, I know it's like overdone and stupid to be like, I hate top 50 pop music, but it just doesn't change. Like if you turn on the radio, you can hear the same thing that's been playing for like literally eight months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's like the worst genre for jumping on trends. As soon as like a big trend shows up, labels and big pop industries take notice and all jump on it, mm-hmm. which is really frustrating. Because that's what causes those trends to really just die out really quickly because, like, it saturates the market. Yeah. Like, everything just sounds the same. I think a big reason why would be with like the relevance of streaming services nowadays, everybody's adding songs to their playlist. Nobody removes anything. Mm-hmm. So, songs are continuously being played and they're remaining at the top. So, nothing ever shakes up. Mm-hmm. So, like, people cleaned up their playlists, I'm sure it would actually shake up a lot more. Hot yeah. take. Yeah. I didn't think about that. Because I don't know. I just like, I still see people's playlists. Like, Aiden has like a huge playlist. <laughs> I bet you never delete anything. It's like a yeah. 1,200 songs something. Jesus. Right? It's like 600. <laughs> or yeah. 600. Oh, okay. Yeah. Either way, way yeah. more than I would ever have. Yeah. <laughs> but. That's the thing. I'm really, I'm really bad generally with making playlists. The, this playlist that he's talking about was meant to be like my shuffle playlist for work when I worked in the kitchen. And I was, I was like delegated to be the one to play all the music. So I was like, oh, okay, let's get like a good mix of everything that's like that everyone kind of tolerates. Just put it on shuffle. And, like, I'll curate what needs to be curated afterwards. Right, right. Yeah, I'm horrible at playlists unless they are they, unless they are very niche and very short. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, yeah. like, songs that have gothic influences 
but make me want to dance. Mm-hmm. And it'll be like two songs long and that's it. <laughs> One yeah. of those two songs. Otherwise, I'm like, what qualifies as like a fun party song? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it's too much. Those are hard. Recently, I stopped. I used to be like add everything to my library, make it as big as possible. But I switched between streaming services a lot. Physio was the best. And like you stop trying to get all your old stuff. And then yeah. now I just only add what I want to be actively listening to. Mm-hmm. And I'll delete it when I don't really care. Because you can always go back and find it, right? If you really like, if you're desperate it. for so it. So that for that reason, I'd never need to feel the need to make a playlist. I just shuffle my songs. So playlists always like I, I always find them irrelevant personally, but I know that they're cool. Mm-hmm. Anyways, mm-hmm. back on topic though. Pop, <laughs> it's great. I like it's it's a pop I, is nice. I, I definitely was way more into pop in like 2009 era. Lady mm. Gaga back oh. that. and like that would have oh. to definitely be because my older sister would drive me everywhere and then like to school and everything and that's what she loved so yeah. I, I still go back and listen to it sometimes yeah I was fully like a 50 year old gay man when I was like 13 because <laughs> all I listened to was Cher, Madonna, oh. Lady Gaga, Britney Spears, oh, I love Britney Spears. Um, oh. ABBA a lot yeah I was very like gay club pop yeah when I was when I was in like middle school Good shit. Yeah, so I cut my teeth with that yeah. <laughs> for Bob. I gotta bring this up because I basically hosted a karaoke thing on Wednesday, mm-hmm. and someone went up and did Toxic. Did that? Great. It was good, but like it was by someone that like real try hard karaoke vocalist, <laughs> and she tried to put like she'd put up all these extra like vibratos and yeah, sections yeah, and yeah, 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 try to try to make it her own song. And it was really frustrating. So it's like you're going up to <laughs> and flex was, and yeah, just like you're have just flexing. Like yeah. seriously, yeah, yeah. yeah, I know what you mean. Like characters are supposed to be fun, no matter yeah. who's how bad or how good. Yeah, you just like give them a high five after and yeah. have yeah. a good time, good right? Job. But when somebody goes up and is like trying to show other people up, and it's like we're just having doing? a good time. What are you doing, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That throws a wrench in my previous hypothesis that karaoke singers have one of two agendas. One, <laughs> they want to have fun and get the party going. Or two, they have something that they need to get out there. Yeah. So they're going to sing like a really sad pop song. And that's just, that's that's their moment for three minutes. And you have to live through it with them. Yeah. So maybe there's a third option and that's people who just want to flex. Yeah. That could be it. The like, Trinity. Yeah. I would say yeah. those are the, yeah, definitely the three right there. Probably. Yeah. yeah. I try to be very positive with karaoke because like it's hard to get on stage and sing. Yeah. At the yeah. best oh, of times. But like, we all know. We all know what we're trying to do here. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, also, karaoke can get really hard when people sing the songs that you have planned out. Yeah. Yeah. I go to karaoke fully ready to do Fergalicious. And if someone <laughs> sings it before me, my night is ruined. I love Fergalicious. I'm, so I'm done. I'm, I'm, yeah. Yeah. Oh, the worst is when somebody, like, because this always gets really packed up, mm-hmm. like the list. But when somebody signs up like eight times, you see the same person go up. It's like, let other people have a good time. Yeah. It's like, how was, do you have so many songs? Just like. That was like partly my takeaway from the event. It was like sooner or later we had to like, we next time, if we ever have a next time with that sort of event, we really start got to talking to people and be like, hey, you've been up like a shit ton already. <laughs> Give someone else a chance. Hey, buddy. Stealing the spotlight here. Yeah. We got people waiting. <laughs> Somebody needs to cry about their ex on there. Yeah. Thank you, next. Thank you, next. Cool. Before right. we move on, I just want to say if I would have picked it. I was thinking of switching to it at the very last minute. I really like the new Vince Staples album. Yeah. Like really, really, really like it. Like me and you have been talking about it already. Yeah. yeah. 
I just want um, to bring that up as like news. Vince Staples' new album that dropped mm-hmm. like within a day of announcement. Love it. Yes. Production is great. And so I just want good. to talk about the music video. Quite a unique concept. I'm not sure if you've seen it at all. I've not. But it's like uh, essentially it's done in like a Google Earth, Google Map Street View kind of thing where it's like it will continuously like, pan. It will like have like shots and then occasionally the shot will turn into like a live shot of something happening real quick. Oh, like yeah. five to ten seconds and then it will continue to pan. It's like down like a kind of like a ghetto or kind of like heart of life area of Long Beach, which is where he grew up. So it's kind of like showing kind of like what he experienced. And he's always been like very much about like, I'm extremely straight edge. Like, I don't drink. I don't do drugs. I do a show. I go home. Mm-hmm. And it's like, he kind of wants to show like why. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. like at least what I got from it. Because he's always, he has always been one of the newer rappers to really stay open about where he's come from. Like he's, he's like lived in the streets. Like his mom used to be very deep in like the gang in the gang life in mm-hmm. the gang lifestyle so he's like he's been open about his own yeah. gang banging and everything like he's yeah. like admitted fully yeah and like he gets that from his mom like his mom has always been the one to tell him like oh like this rapper's lying this rapper mm-hmm. is like true and like i've never seen this rapper in my life doing any of this mm-hmm. so like he always he kind of gets that mentality from her gets that mentality of like why are we celebrating this yeah no fully like, really yeah. interesting uh, concept and everything and mm-hmm. also just he's an interesting guy he's overall. so funny so funny huh. very just uh, he never has uh, unfiltered i guess is the way to yeah say, right but he is like the master of like hot takes like <laughs> yeah well-crafted hot takes i love a well-crafted hot take um i was gonna do i switched my album of choice like three times because i forgot <laughs> that it had to be done in the past like month so mm-hmm. first I chose Moth Puppy, and then I chose Cat Empire. Because, no, not Cat Empire, Cat Power. Cat Power, yeah. I, tried, I, I was going to choose Cat Power because I liked Cat Power back in the day. But I listened to the album, and I just, I couldn't, I did not enjoy it. I thought it was very boring. Mm-hmm. Aiden told me, and I was like, actually, like, in the middle of listening to it, as Aiden's like, oh, he's switching his thing. And I was like, kind of like, oh, thank God, I don't really like this. <laughs> yeah, it was boring <laughs> as hell. Sorry, Cat Power. <laughs> there was one good song and it's with Lana Del Rey and she doesn't even use Lana Del Rey that much. Yeah. Like give is it just like for like a hook or like a bridge or Yeah, it's for like the for like the main hook she like harmonizes. Uh, which is amazing. Yeah. But that's the only like part that made me feel anything. Mm-hmm. The rest I was like, oh whatever. I don't care. Okay, well speaking of your takes, why don't you start off with what your album was? The- sure. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Guest okay. first. Oh, thank you. Um, I'd like to preface this by saying I'm actually more excited about Aiden's album of choice than mine. Um, yeah, I'm sorry I snatched because, that. Yeah, you snatched that up real quick <laughs> because your album is fully shaking me to my core. Um, my album of choice, uh, I chose it before listening to it, and I don't regret it as much as I do Cat Power. Um, it was Kurt Vile Bottle It In. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is Kurt's, I believe, his first album since his collaboration with Courtney Barnett. Yeah. Um, whole lot of sea lice. Whole lot of sea lice, which I really loved. Yeah. Because I really, I really enjoy that one too. Like, yeah. they, they meld really well together. They do. And they look kind of similar, which I think is yeah. funny. <laughs> 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 you, you like, <laughs> that was a hot take for you, huh? <laughs> Um, and that's kind of the reason why I chose Kurt Vile is because I remember that album and I really liked, I really liked, uh, pretty dynamic. Yeah. And I liked his, his previous album was all right. And this album is, it's, it's what I expected. 
Yeah. yeah. Files of the War of Drugs. Right? He used to be Green. the lead guitarist for right. War on Drugs. War on Drugs, right. Yeah. Yeah. Indeed. It's pretty much what I expected it to be. It's like good old folky Kurt mm-hmm. with like a little bit of wacky like psychedelic stuff mixed in there. Yeah. Um, with that lo-fi production that yeah. we all know and love. Yeah, which I believe he was, like, super well-known for. Yeah, like, he's kind of one of the larger staples within, like, the lo-fi indie genre. Uh-huh. Jesus, there's a thumping going on. And it yeah. It like feels like a earthquake. Earthquake. <laughs> earthquake. Um, yeah, no, it, it did it for me. I, I think it was good. I'd say the highlight for me was Bass Ackwards. Yeah, Bass Ackwards was probably my yeah, favorite. Which is like this 10-minute fucking monolith of a of a song, and it's just like, it's kind of like diary-esque. He just kind of like talks about like what's going Ackwards. on in his day. <laughs> it's, it's it's cool, and like the, the production's cool. It's got some like backwards playing guitar and stuff like that, and it's like, yep, that's, that's what that song's about. <laughs> that's cool. Mm-hmm. I like that. I feel like personally that was the only track that was deserving of being that long. Yeah, I really like. Yeah, because there's like two other ones that are like seven and another ten minute. Two other ten minute tracks and another eight minute track. Yeah, Skinny Mini was was a track. I didn't care for it so much. Yeah, and that was another like long one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I really liked Bass Ackwards. Yeah, Yeah. because probably the best one. I would say that's probably my favorite, if not One Track Ponies. Yeah, One Track Ponies. I was gonna say is another really really good one. I like it. Yeah, it's very kind of like um, mayhaps bittersweet. Is that yeah. a good word? Yeah, I'd say that. Yeah. It seems like a little bit like uh, a little bit sad. Yeah, <laughs> just like the right amount of sad. Yeah, he. Uh, it was maybe this was because I was listening to Nick Cave on the way over, and I think that they're both Australian. Is is Kurt Vile Australian, or is it just Courtney? That's a good question. I think so. He's probably American. Let's find out. I, he kind of reminds me a little bit of Nick Cave. Is that insane? Is that completely insane to say? No, I, I that isn't too far of a stretch. Like Nick Cave can get a lot more like intense. And like, mm-hmm. like very obviously like, more er- experimental. Yeah, and a lot more gothy. Yeah, but they're both kind of like, like serious straight men. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Does that make any sense? I don't know. Yeah, I, I think it was probably just because I was listening yeah. to like to, Kurt File is definitely Kurt File is definitely more willing to be a little have a little bit more fun with himself in his lyrics and in his songs than maybe Nick Cave is generally. But mm-hmm. like that's definitely there. And also to add. Uh, Kurt Files is just straight from Lansdowne, Pennsylvania. He's American. Oh, he's a, he's a pretty boy. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. I mean, it, like it, it was all right. It didn't, it didn't nail it home for me by any means, Mm -hmm. but like Bass Ackwards is a good song. One Trick Ponies is a good song. I'd add those to a playlist if I knew how to make one. (laughs) Um, there, it was okay. It was, production was probably the most interesting part on Bass Ackwards. Yeah. Lyrics, like. I don't think he's ever really known for making exceptional lyrical poetry. Yeah, no, not at all. Right. I think, like, he's in a similar vein with, like, Father John Misty, where they're both kind of very self-referential, but, like, Father John Misty just has, like, an extra, like, far more levels of, like, capability with his mm. <laughs> lyricism. Yeah, I would agree. <laughs> like, they're both very, they're very open about talking about themselves and their lyrics, like, even on... I think it's on Bass Ackwards, like, Kurt Vile is talking about how, like, he has a penchant for, you know, he's always, he says, I've always had a soft spot for repetition. And, like, that's in, like, almost all of his songs. Like, he has a real penchant for 
repeating the same lines, the same chorus, and he's like mm-hmm. really bad for that. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, I saw some like YouTube reviewer saying that he reminded them a lot of like Willie Nelson and Johnny Cash, kind of. And yeah. I can kind of see that. Like, is like he wears like... his influences on his sleeves with like Neil Young and Tom Petty. <clears throat> yeah, Neil Young, Tom Petty, yeah, those were two yeah. that they threw around. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's yeah. he's okay. He's he's nothing like too crazy. Yeah. Like it's an oldies worship kind of thing without being really bad with it. Yeah. Right. Like there are worse oldie worship groups like Greta Van Fleet has its own little, you know, discussion mm-hmm. with the Led Zeppelin thing, but like this is nice. Maybe an unpopular opinion. Um I whenever like a, a man in a song calls somebody girl, I don't know why because it's not problematic in the slightest. It just like it just instantly turns me off when it's like yeah. when it's like hey girl, hey you're a pretty like you're a you're a you're girl. Pretty girl. Just like for some reason yeah. for some I have no idea why because it's not like that's not like a political statement at no, all. No, not at all. Yeah. It's just like whenever I hear that I'm like oh cool. We yeah. get it. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's just like, like even women, like historic, even like historically in the genre, like there's like a bit of a bad, bad way with that. Like maybe I didn't like even Bru- get that even far. like Bru- even like Bruce Springsteen and like other like older groups have kind of had to like had trouble tackling that. Yeah, in terms of like like Bruce Springsteen talked about like you know like liking like younger women. Yeah, like eighteen year olds, nineteen year olds, back in like his older music and yeah. like. Rolling Stones has like the Rolling Stones have songs talking about like fourteen year olds, fifteen year olds, or something like that. Yeah, and like, so not, like not to say that Kurt Vile necessarily has a thing yeah, for he's young. He's definitely women. not one of those. But yeah. like, but like, what the, the, the word "girl" has its just problemish like, history. One of his lines is like, "I think I love you, girl." And another one's like, "Girl, you give me rabies." Yeah, rabies. <laughs> but like, so there's nothing wrong with it. It's just whenever I hear that, I think I'm like, I feel very like 60s, uh, like dust bowl. That's just that's how I feel. It just the calling somebody girls is just like gross. I don't know how to describe. Yeah. It's just kind of like it's kind of like how calling somebody like babe. Like I don't really like 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 those kind of babe. Yeah, like it's like terms. if you heard somebody like say gross. that in like a real conversation, yeah. you'd be like. Exactly. <laughs> like if somebody was like like trying to like pick up or hit on a girl or something, like hey girl, I'd be like, no, I would yeah. not enjoy that experience. Like, so for that reason, it's just yeah. When I hear it, I'm just like yeah, yeah, not turned off necessarily, but I'm just like mm, yeah. <laughs> you don't hear it a lot in in like modern music. Mm-hmm. I don't think you hear it more in like in in the the music that he likes, which is like '70s dad rock. Yeah. So like it's oh my are, god that thumping. What are they doing? Body thumping. Oh, like a little bit on the older side, no? Kurt He's Vial? probably like thirty seven or something. Oh right. Oh, thirty seven. <laughs> I only saw a picture of him, and I just kind of assumed he was like late forties. Yeah. No, he's 38. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Wow, I was real close. So he's like a pretty standard age for a lot of like indie men. Okay. I think if that yeah. makes. Yeah. Am, am I right with that? No, you'd be right. Yeah, so I'm pretty like, sure the War of Drugs guy, the the singer for the War of Drugs, is probably around the same age. Yeah, so it makes sense. It's on brand, but it's just like oh, an extra thing that I was like, well, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nothing to write home about. Yeah, good job, Kurt Vile. You made an okay record. Yeah, exactly. It's all right, you you got eight records and you did another good one. Yep, yep. Good enough. Good enough. Mail it in. Yeah, yeah. It was all right. Yeah, I just I um. 
just kind of sounded a little samey overall. Mm-hmm. I feel like folk rock in general is not my thing because for that reason, I just zone out. And yeah. like when I come back in, I can't tell if the song changed all the times. And like, there's nothing wrong with it. Like I listen to it, I'm like jiving to it, but I'll always zone out and like start doing work or something. Yes. And like, there's never a moment when uh, like, there's like that thing you hear kind of in the back of it, it will like zone you back in the music. Be like, that's really cool. I never really had that moment at all during that mm-hmm. album, but I went through and I was like, yeah, it was pretty good. And like, it was relaxing. It's nice. Yeah. But I'm never going to go to it and be like, I want to check out that sick part or something, you know, like I'm never like thinking of anything like that with it. Exactly. That's my thing with my take on that. I'd put it on at a chill dinner party for millennials. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Bonus if they have beards, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> be like, sure, let's listen to the same profile. I feel like anybody could appreciate like, well, could you could put it on for anybody and everybody would kind of be yes. okay with it? Vibe with it. Yeah. Vibe with it. Yeah, it's but not like a there's divisive. nothing like there's nothing offensive. Yeah. It's yeah. not a divisive album. Yeah. It's just chill wave. I think you and I are probably all of us are kind of in the same boat where just like chill wave isn't necessarily our our genre of choice uh-huh yeah yeah well, that's good yeah i'd say like notable tracks for me were like hysteria bass Ackwards, one track ponies like the close of bottle it in the mm-hmm. intro to mutinies and oh, then like- skinny mini had like a fun little section about sandwiches and like the fuzz later on in the song was nice <laughs> but <laughs> the guitar of yeah bones because yeah. it, it was a little different, a little bit more energetic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That drew me in all of it. Mm-hmm. But then most of it, it fell it fell off after that. Yeah. Yeah. Kurt Vile bottle it in. Yep. Yeah. Subtle night. Yeah, don't have much Just to like say a nice that. recommend. <laughs> yeah. What a, what, a, what a chill album. Yeah. It was okay. <laughs> yeah, I would never go to somebody and, oh, check this out. You yeah, gotta like hear you, the new yeah, Kurt Vile. Oh. But if it went, came on, I wouldn't skip it. Probably. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so for that reason, it, it gives a lukewarm recommendation. Yeah. Thumbs, sure. <laughs> thumbs up. One yeah. thumb up. Thumb up. Not two, but one. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Do you want to move on to mine? Unless there's anybody wants to say anything more. Yeah. I have nothing more. I have nothing more to say. I've stretched out all that I have. Yeah. All right. So, Aiden, so what you go next? My choice was Boy Genius. Yeah, yeah. Boy Genius. Yeah. Self-titled. This is a six-song EP with the singer-songwriter trio of just great women, Phoebe Bridgers, Julian Baker, and Lucy Dacus. Yeah. Julian Baker is the only one who I have actively listened to out of the three. Mm -hmm. But I, well, I'll let you give your first take. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, like, the cover in of itself is, like, kind of this homage to, like, this old acoustic group called, like, Crosby, Stills, and the Nash. Like, it's just, like, if you've looked at the cover, it's just kind of, like, this black and white framed kind of picture of like phoebe julian and lucy kind of sitting on this couch in like very distinct poses mm-hmm. and the poses are pretty much the same as like this cover crosby stills in the nash it's like it's just like the couch the person like left person perching the other person with the guitar and the other one kind of slouching which is just i love it no it's a great cover it's like a, such a just fun little cover the idea is fun this is just like a nice little super group that got announced uh shortly before Shortly after their tour kind of got announced, because they're all like touring together. I don't think they've the tour started yet. Yeah, actually, I think that they're gonna go very shortly. Yeah, like they're probably starting this week or next week. Mm -hmm. That'd be cool. Yeah, Yeah. coming to Winnipeg. (laughs) (laughs) Julian Baker came to Folk Fest, and so did Phoebe. Yeah, yeah, and I missed it. So I'm holding. I caught. I caught Phoebe, Mm -hmm. and I didn't actually Mm -hmm. like Phoebe at the time, but she was good. (laughs) (laughs) But. 
I'm I'm praying that they're gonna come to Folk Fest. Yeah, I, I think it's optimistic. Love it. Yeah, I would die for the chance to see them live. Fuck yeah. <laughs> so yeah, like each song kind of alternates between the three singers taking like a, a lead specifically at the intro. So bite the hand starts with Lucy, Dawkus introducing or leading with the first verse. And then the second one is uh, soccer. I was about to say soccer mommy. (laughs) Soccer mommy, which would have been a great fucking fourth Uh, member of Boy Genius at her end. The second song, Me and My Dog, is Phoebe. And then it's Stay Down with Julian. And then it kind of starts again with Julian. And then the thing. I will stand Julian Baker forever. Yeah, you fucking love her. Incredible voice. Yeah. She has probably my all-time favorite discovery within the past few years like i absolutely adore her since (laughs) since the sprained ankle release like she has just shown herself to be such like a strong vocalist and singer songwriter like the way she writes her songs are just like they're all really great she's a very strong lyricist and i can't wait to see her kind of grow phoebe bridger's continues to grow on me a bit more and more like i think i you and i are in the similar boat where like she kind of came i kind of knew who she was she kind of runs in the similar circles as julian does and i've never i would never say that like i hated her music or anything like that i just like nothing really stuck with me as strongly as lucy or julian did but it was like just this past week that finally me and my dog finally kind of like clicked for me mm-hmm. like there's kind of like this f- tongue-in-cheek kind of lyrical sensibility to Phoebe that I really enjoy. Like, she's kind of like, there, she, there's always, like, this kind of, like, funniness to her writing. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. me and my dog has, like, this fun little bit of, like, oh, I was crying with the teenagers at your show. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, I wish I was on a spaceship with my dog. Oh. <laughs> you were really late to the game because... I was really late. For a lot of the reviews... Me and my dog was kind of like the stand because, okay, so the three singles were released, mm-hmm. each one kind of featuring one of the three members. And me and my dog by far got the best reception. Yeah. I would say. Yeah. And like was probably the most popular of the three. Yeah. And that was, that was your least favorite yeah. of the three. Interesting. Yeah. And I'm not sure if that ever ended up changing, but I just ended up kind of liking, appreciating me and my dog more. But like, I think Stay Down, Bite the Hand were great. Bite the Hand is such a good opening track. Oh, my God. Lucy Dacus deserves so much praise. Holy fucking like, shit. <laughs> so sorry, is more... this a swearing podcast? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. No, it's oh fine. Oh, my God. Okay, good. <laughs> my mom was the only one that minds. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Mom. Madam Cloet. <laughs> but, yeah, no, like, she comes out and, um, like, she gets, she should be getting more recognition than I think she gets sometimes. Yeah, um, like, with the tour it's pretty distinct that Lucy is the opener. Mm -hmm. Like if you look at the posters and stuff, it's a Phoebe Bridgers, Julian Baker tour with Lucy Dacus as an opener. And Lucy is, is just as phenomenal as both of them in her own completely separate way. Mm -hmm. And she fucking shreds it. Yeah, seriously. Even like for someone who already, like I already really loved historian when it came out. Mm Mm-hmm. I still find myself like in love with how she writes and the vocals on Boy Genius. Like she, she also has like this dry wit to her. Mm-hmm. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> like she's so like it's so dry and yeah. it's so it's so good. I can't think of like lyrics specifically offhand, but like because it mostly shows itself more on like Historian. But she is just like a really smart writer in her own right. 
like here's the best part distilled for you like yeah. what the fuck <laughs> who says distilled in a song yeah. just like <laughs> she's so wacky and amazing mm-hmm. do you guys know um how you, how you mentioned they were kind of like split up into like almost like two 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 were yeah. they all individually written and then they kind of got to each other to add in with the i think they're all like they all have like co-writing credits i think yeah. like if you looked at every track it's kind of like written by julian lucy and phoebe so i think okay I think they simply just work together as a team of writers. And I think in interviews with like the New York Times and Pitchfork, they kind of talked about the uh, Mm -hmm. the writing process. Yeah, the writing in like a week. Yeah, like the writing process for them was like none of them really would. They would try to not have a strong attachment to sections or anything like that. Like this was very simply like a group of people that loved each other's work and were willing to work together to... Just create a good song. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, from what I kind of understood, just from like reading that feature, they kind of took the mentality that they've seen a lot with like male artists mm-hmm. and specifically like male prodigy stereotype of yeah. like, which is where say, they got the name from. Yeah, they can yeah. say whatever and people will go along with it. Genius. So instead of like trying to shy away from like any opinions that they had, they would just spout it and use it. Yeah. Yeah, which is how they got their name. Genius, mm-hmm. yeah. Pinball wizard. <laughs> Pinball wizard. Yeah. Okay. What? Like boy genius. Pinball wizard. That's just like the thing that yeah. correlated oh, yeah, with me. <laughs> Lost. Gone. Yeah. I'm out of here. <laughs> so, not being a, a folky fan, Juggin. How are you? Were you familiar with any of these three artists before? Yeah, I knew Julian Baker and I oh knew yeah Lucy, but and I this is more I would say like I'm like the singer songwriter kind of thing, and I'm definitely uh-huh. a big fan. Like. Second, I put it on and the vocals came in in the first track. I was like, I'm going to like this. Oh, right? yeah. I was like, I knew it. I was like, I'm really going to like this. And like, I definitely, there's like a few albums. I don't want to say that like made me like feel emotionally. I don't want to say that. But like that actually kind of like made me kind of like almost like tear. But this album made me like really sad. Yeah. Like very sad. Like took a where I almost like kind of wanted to cry. And I was like, wow, <laughs> this has been a while. Like the last one I would say would probably like Carrie and Lowell by like Sufjan. Yeah. Like that album like legit made me like almost like tear up. I like, that. like actually like. That one hit me hard. And this one also just like, it was just mixing with just like the really smooth, like beautiful vocals of all three of them. And just like the lyricism, like the first track of like, like not being loved and everything. It just like kind of just didn't hit home, but I just, I felt it. Mm-hmm. Right. It didn't need to relate, but you like that's how you kind of like know it's especially good almost when like you don't have to relate to feel the emotion. Definitely. Right. Mm-hmm. So I definitely felt really happy like i've listened to it like six seven times in a row yeah it's just like it's such like a solid listen like there's nothing that needs skipping or anything like that it's just like through and through a solid listen Mm -hmm. i agree yeah i i think the more that i listened to it when i first heard the album i was like that is a very bold choice to release literally half of your album as singles Mm -hmm. um and then when i was listening to it the the first time i was like the singles are certainly the most like the strongest three tracks. Really? And as I've listened, I've changed my mind. Like mm-hmm. Souvenir stuck with me for, is still. I was going to talk about Souvenir. I fucking, I wrote, yeah. I made cover, I made, I made fan art of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I loved it that much. Um, But yeah, like Ketchum, Idaho, I don't, I don't actually particularly care for. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. That's rough. <laughs> I'm taking them back. Oh, yeah. it's Idaho. I just I thought it was ID. <laughs> no, no, it's a town. I mean, yeah, okay. I like it because they're talking about like their shared experience of touring and how that feels like very alienating. Mm-hmm. 
thing that they all have to deal with. So I, I, I appreciate it. And I, I think that that's cool. It's kind of like one of the few things that like a super group can all sing about authentically. Mm-hmm. Like, so I, I like it. Yeah. I appreciated the, uh, the gang, like the gang choir vocal oh, thing that they do there. Yeah. Like yeah. that 100%. was my shit. Mm-hmm. But souvenir and like, I think overall, like, there's so many good lyrical moments. Souvenir probably has, like, the highlights of the lyrics for me with, like, right off the get-go is, like, the dream catcher in the rearview mirror hasn't caught a thing yet. Mm-hmm. And then, like, Phoebe is like, talking about... Fucking Phoebe's thing felt a little bit too on the nose for me. It's 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 a little <laughs> too, like, Instagram goth girl. Yeah. But, like, she's always managed to move near cemeteries. I don't know how that happened. Yeah, I don't know what that tells you about me. It tells me that you're goth. Phoebe, yeah, and we know and that's that. fine. You have a ghost on your album cover. Like, yeah, yeah it's like it's like oh, we get it. You're you're very sad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Lucy's verse is my favorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, very good, very good. I think that the the greatest part of the whole album is when they do their gang vocals. Yeah, like I agree. bite the hand when they do the the. I don't know what that's called. Um, kind of like the uh, they all they all start at different places. The refrain. I used to be yeah. in choir. I should know what yeah. this is called when they I'm all sing the of... same thing, different harmonies. Yeah, starting at different times. Yeah. Um, I don't know what that's called either. That was remarkable. <laughs> and yeah, whenever they harmonize, it's just beautiful. Yeah, the chorus of salt on the wound when they're oh, all together yeah. too. Everyone uh, that. Yeah. Yeah, because each of them like Lucy's very clearly a tenor. Phoebe is probably like an alto. Julian can sometimes be a soprano. Well, actually, Julian and Phoebe can kind of yeah both do. But like up, yeah. they kind of naturally like fit into like the three part harmony scheme mm-hmm. really really well. That was amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what was that else? Like uh, what was it? The uh, the like a child of Cain bit in Salt and the Wound. That was probably my favorite bit there. Mm. T. Yeah. Julian always kind of stands as Bruce Springsteen. And, like, that's where you can really see it. <laughs> it's interesting that both of you stand Julian so hard because Julian, for me, she, I, I know she's very talented. Mm-hmm. And I believe that she's very talented. She's just, I think, probably her music is the least powerful for me, taste-wise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. I've never listened to Phoebe myself, like I mentioned. Lucy, I've heard her album, I think. Believe I, I believe I have listened to it, and mm-hmm. it was like good. But I, I like I really liked uh, "Turn Out the Lights." But you like I remember specifically really liking her and her style and everything. But mm-hmm. she's like the only one who I've act- actively listened to, so that's why I stand her out of that three. Yeah, for yeah. obvious reasons. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, like she's very good. It's just like Lucy Dacus is the fucking Freddie Mercury of <laughs> of like indie singer songwriters. Yeah. She's amazing and she's so smart and just like she has such a clear vibe about her yeah yeah phoebe's um phoebe's really great too yeah uh what's her her like her big song that's really good um I, I, uh the one about dating that older dude is that, is that motion sickness motion sickness that's yeah. it yeah or smoke signals uh, those are sickness. kind of the big ones yeah yeah smoke yeah. signals is good too yeah. that that whole um, that whole strangers in the alps album by her is is very very powerful and very strong and i like it a lot mm-hmm. but lucasy dacus takes the cake for me Mm-hmm. Always, I think Jillian Baker takes the cake for me, but like Lucy Dawkins is like very close second. Yeah, Lucy, yeah, but yeah, I don't know what it is about Jillian Baker. I'm not sure if it's just like my my background in like 
the more religious upbringing or anything like that. I think that's just maybe how I have ended up relating to her more. And mm-hmm. I also just like, I think she is like the pinnacle of like sad. sad. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Sad. And I think like very I, melancholic. Yeah. They are all so sad. Yeah. <laughs> they are all very sad individuals. <laughs> very hurt. Yeah. They're, they're all like, this is the sad album and it's on brand for all of them. Mm-hmm. They're all quite depressed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah without ever getting to like like bad annoying. territory yeah yeah or like um or like overdone kind mm-hmm, of yeah the closest is probably the the phoebe bridger saying oh i always move in near a cemetery what does that say about me yeah that's probably the closest that i ever got to be like eye rolling like, yeah, yeah there was okay. a little bit of groan when i read that yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you want to die so do we like yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was Great fucking album, ten out of ten. Mm-hmm. I recommend it actively. Highly to recommend. Yeah. Like I sent it to multiple people myself <laughs> before this already. I was yeah. like, I really like this. Mm-hmm. Oh, Julian Baker's our age. Well, I'm, what yeah. are you? She 95 is, as well. I'm. I'm twenty. I'm twenty one. Ninety seven. Oh, okay. yeah. So she's ninety five. So yeah. My Indian's age. Okay. She is wow. very young. That's surprising. Anytime I hear about a celebrity that's older, like younger than me, I get instantly bitter. So yeah, whatever. She can have those two years. I'm happy about it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure how. I think Phoebe, Phoebe is a little bit older, and then Lucy is maybe a bit older as well. Lucy freaking Dacus. Yeah. Oh shit. Lucy Dacus is also 23, and Phoebe Bridges is 24. Yeah. Huh. So yeah, just like a crew of young women. Yeah, and I don't think that they actually sound very similar to one another no not at all no like i think they were making that they they said in a couple of their interviews like we've been compared to each other a lot which is weird because we all have very different sounds and i think that's very true like mm-hmm. i think people compare them to one another because they're all female singer songwriters that are all like a little bit goth they're mm-hmm. all very sad but like all they're of their distinct mm-hmm. highly yeah i would agree yes and that shows in like kind of like the feature songs Mm-hmm. Like bite the hand is fucking intense, and that's what Lucy Dacus does with like a slow build and like cool guitars. Um, you know, mm-hmm. like yeah. Julian's more folky, yeah, and like you can see that very easily in Stay Down. Mm-hmm. More folky, like emo folk, emo alternative. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, yeah. Phoebe's more kind of like um, quirky lyrics. Yeah, and like quirky like yeah quirky like indie folk pop yeah kind yeah. of dreamy in a way yeah there's sense. yeah there is a dream dreaminess to it yeah yeah and you can hear that in me and my dog yeah 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 no i would say like definitely it it would do each of these artists a disservice to say that they sound like one another yes because yeah. they all deserve they're all very deserving of praise yeah independently yeah. and together Mm-hmm. And uh, add soccer holy shit. mommy. <laughs> yeah, holy shit! It takes it would take so much to do this as a team. As like a, it takes so much effort to do super groups. God, yeah, and, like, just all groups all together. Things. Like holy shit! Props to props to each of these people for just not having like an ego. Yeah, and oh, yeah, worrying about how a song ends up. Like I have no idea how they did it, and they did it. Yeah, it's especially difficult when all three of them are like leads. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of super groups, you'll get like a guitarist from one band or like the singer from another. Yeah. And like you're all distinctly, but like when all three of them are like the focal point. Yeah. It's especially. A lot of cooks or, in the kitchen. You would Yeah, think. too many cooks. Right? Like, yeah. yeah. But like, and I think that they're all like, they're all of course vocalists, but I think they're all like lead guitar players as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
and are they all lead electric guitar players or is that just Lucy? Maybe Phoebe. Not Julian, I don't I think. think Julian I think Julian is also Oh Julian is as well. Yeah. I'm the the sprained ankle is mostly acoustic, if I'm not mistaken, but like if you've seen her live performances and I think on turn on turn down the lights, she has said in interviews that she's wanted to emphasize more electric guitar work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like they all play like similar instruments, they're all vocalists, mm-hmm. and it doesn't ever feel like too much. Mm-hmm. Now, ever since you said soccer mommy, now I can't. Yeah, I know. Soccer mommy in this mix. <laughs> Fuck it. Let's add Mitski. Yeah. Let's <laughs> make a giant super group. Yeah. Let's add St. Vincent. Yeah. Let's add everyone. Yeah. Everyone's in Boy Genius. <laughs> no boys allowed. Boy Genius party. Boy Genius party. I think that'd be fun. Yeah. We need more super groups. Yeah. Yeah. Such a blast. Yeah. 100%. Is there anything? Do you guys have any like highlight tracks, like specifically or? Honestly, the opening track, "Bite the Hand," mm-hmm. probably my favorite track. But in no way are any of the other tracks, even like "Below," like amazing to me. Yeah, it's just like the extra standout. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really liked "Salt in the Wound," like you mentioned as well. I really liked the lyrics, and I liked um, like just yeah, like how they all sung the chorus and everything. That is just like a good song. Mm-hmm. But I think as a whole, it it's deserving to play it like front to back, like yeah. in order and everything. Yeah, like I it's such really, a like an easy listen because it's not especially long either. So mm-hmm. like I never feel the need to be like I want to listen to this track. It's always right from the beginning to the end. So yeah. I was listening to it every time. Mm-hmm. Me and my dog is also probably my favorite. But bite the hand for some reason that expresses like a very singular. No, sorry, no wait. Bite the hand is the opener that I love. Me and my dog expresses. A very singular kind of emotion to me. That's yeah. like it's 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 something I don't I've not heard it before. Yeah, it's like, like this feeling of wanting. More I want to be like, emaciated. Yeah. Like what? I, I don't know. Just like the way I think it's just like the way that they word it. Yeah, makes it seem very very fresh to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and Phoebe's really good at that mm-hmm. at kind of expressing things in different ways. Mm-hmm. So both of those were really good for me. Mm-hmm. Also, souvenir, of course. Yeah, I would say Souvenir, Bite the Hand, or Catch em Idaho. Catch em Idaho. Because I, I am just, I am a sucker for like, this is the one that really sticks out is like the Americana influence. Mm. It's just really there. Like the chorus is super like echoey and like gang vocally. And I just love, I love the refrain. I'm like, I, I am never anywhere. Anywhere I go. Anywhere I go. It's also pretty evenly split up between the three of them. Yeah. Like it's like a, it's like a, all three of them singing their own parts and then all together, mm-hmm. which I like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There is, the, there is the dry wit thing that I was talking about with Lucy on Ketchum. Where it's like, let's dissolve the band, move to Idaho. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, like it's not necessarily be. like, like there's something just like simply funny about the sentiment. Yeah. Uh, what was it? In, on Historian Night Shift. First time I tasted someone else's spit, I had a coughing fit. Yeah. Just like funny stuff. Yeah. <laughs> She's wacky. She's yeah. a wacky. She's a wacky kid. Called you a bitch and leave. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, no. Highly recommend. Two thumbs up. Wow, yeah. me too. It's one of the best EPs or releases this year, I would even say. Yeah. Hell yeah. Definitely on the list. Yeah. Deaf. Most deaf. Do we want to any anyone else want to say anything or 
moved to Juggins? I I got it all out of my system. Yeah, I had a lot I'm to good. say and I said it all. Yeah. Cool. Okay, we can move to mine. Mine is like a hard departure from both of yours. Very, yes. Yeah, very distinct. <laughs> <laughs> um, I picked uh, the artist Machine Girl with Elm, the ugly art. Uh, I don't even know what genre would this be. Like, yeah, hardcore. Like, I was like, yeah, it's like I saw so many different things pop up, like jungle, electronic, whatever jungle, jungle is. I don't know, like jungle. I don't even jungle. say that though. Yeah. Like, it's like screaming style vocals in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. but then like very like harsh, abstract, like electronic beats and drumming. Yeah, and just the drum samples are holy shit. The closest thing I could probably compare it to would be some of the more electric, the, like the electronic side of Death Grips. Yeah, right. that's why, like, m- most of these songs are, like, just a better version of Hothead. I owe it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I actually found this group because one of our mutual friends, Sayon, he sent it to me after I was showing a really big interest in Death Grips, and he's like, I think you'd like this. Like, yeah. one, one of their previous albums. I'm not actually sure how many people are part of this group or anything. There's yeah. At least one male vocalist. <laughs> That's yeah. all I could say. Um, like everywhere I see it, it's always like music by Machine Girl. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Well. He keeps it or they keep it pretty ambiguous. Yeah. But anytime you also see like descriptions, always like they're there. So I think it is a group of some sort. Yeah. But yeah, where to even start with this? It's an interesting first listen i would say like the first listen is definitely jarring yeah if you go into it not knowing what you're listening going into but i'll say by the time you get to the halfway point you really start to fuck with it yeah <laughs> like, it starts making sense like it starts making sense and like you really start to like at first it can kind of just sound like too abstract at point where it's like it's just noise at some point yeah but then you really start to appreciate like the smaller bits mm-hmm. uh if you listen to their older stuff one thing i really noticed is this is the first album where they have actual real drumming not yeah electronic drumming and it really shows in a I lot of i was gonna tracks. really say like nothing really like it doesn't feel really synthetic like it's just like really solid drum fills starts off this is your the face this is your face on dogs <laughs> i actually was not Which the like, biggest fan of that opening track yeah that like, one took a bit. it didn't stand out to me but like oddly fitting with the album art yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think it was meant to be that way yeah <laughs> uh album art for context is like a bunch of dogs made up to make like a face yeah of like another dog yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. like uh, the eyes are in like the mouth of like this dog's jaw and then like the jaw is in the lower half it's just it's, it's yeah. so hard to explain yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like a weird collage of dogs that make up a dog's face and they're all barking and they all look very mad <laughs> uh okay this first standout track for me would probably be the song status I don't know if you guys remember mm-hmm. that. Very the wild ass DDRs. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> that's the thing that took. That's is that what you that was like my takeaway was oh. like status in that wild ass DDR sounding section. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I really like Clive Barker. The, the song called Clive, Clive Barker. Barker. Yeah. That's actually the same song track, not the song called. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I want. I want to hear your ass's takes on this. I would I would prefer if Aiden go first. Cool. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, from what I understand, this dude 
this person uh, came from New York. They kind of started from like 2013 or so. I've never really listened to any of their stuff, but like from looking at their band camp, I love the art style that he's, that this person's going for. Like you, you like from this one and the one before um, called the album called uh, because I'm young, arrogant and hate everything you stand for. <laughs> Just like this, uh, like it looks like an old school, like NES cover, but like, to the extreme, like to like this mass, yeah. like the health bars at the bottom, <laughs> at the top, right? And then like there's a shit ton of fonts, a bunch of different <laughs> images. And then there's Machine Girl versus Machine Girl, which is like the Marvel versus Capcom. They have like this overlay over it. It's just wild. This is like the third week that I've kind of been so far for the past three weeks. I've kind of been like introduced to like this different facet of like electronic music in a way. And so far, I have to say Machine Girl is like my favorite. Yeah, I would say. Like, there's so much in line with kind of what I want, what I've noticed that I wanted out of my electronics so far. And, like, the beats, like, the thing that I kind of talked about with the previous episode was, like, I wanted this more catch-and-release effect to my electronics. And, like, that's there. This is here in, like, spades. There's just, like, this massive burst of energy everywhere. And, like, the bombastic nature is just, like, boom, 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 boom. <laughs> Yeah, there's never really like a moment love. where, like, the album lets up, except for, like, yeah. one interlude track towards the end. Yeah. Like, loop version. It's mm-hmm. kind of, like, this weird, almost sound of, like, elevator music. Kind of, like, yeah. weird, like, but, like, more upbeat. Yeah. Like, it just, there's just the right amount of busy, bombastic shit going on in this album for me. It reminds me a lot of, like, later Dillinger Escape Plan, where they kind of, they started embracing more like electronic moments in their things, mm-hmm. like the more glitchier moments of Dillinger Escape Plan. But that's obviously more at the forefront here. Just kind of sounds like character selection screens on acid. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Because <laughs> like the thing is like all of this is wild, but there's such like a surprising groove to everything. Yeah. Like I found myself like head bobbing like a lot to moments. Yeah. And I was like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, honestly, yeah. <laughs> Masterful sample beat selection throughout here. And I think that's just kind of what I've noticed that I love is just, like, glitchiness and energy in electronic. So I think that's what I'd say. I would say, like, highlights for me were Clive Barker, the sample bit on, like, kill screen status, necro culture vulture, and the roach dope intro. <laughs> I love, I love Roach on Dope. I love, I love Roach Dope. <laughs> it's a bug trap. Has to be like the <laughs> oddest like sing-along bit that I've yeah. like ever heard in recent memory. <laughs> but I was like, it's a bug trap. Yeah, it's I so just good. on it. Yeah. I also the standout for me was also the 10 minute closer, which mm-hmm. is like I think they've had three albums so far. So Wolf Girl and because I'm young and arrogant and then this one and this, they never like most of these tracks are two minutes to three mm-hmm. and having a 10 minute closing track was surprising yeah but it does justice I feel like 10 minute tracks are very hard to do unless it's like the norm for the genre mm-hmm. it's like prog it's norm right it's yeah. switching up whatever but in electronic it's very rare mm-hmm. but like so it's like, what's the way? The electronic metal, even? Yeah. It's like harsh vocals in yeah. a lot of sense. But what do you think, Graham? Uh, okay. okay. You're the <laughs> one who... <laughs> so, very tragically, you have identified a massive blind spot in my music <laughs> taste, um, which is mayhaps troublesome as like a music writer. 
I no, cannot stand hardcore music. Yeah. Like I literally like something about it and I don't know why. And I've, I've been trying to think about why, because I think that's more effective than just like complaining about it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't understand why, but whenever I hear it I just like switch off mm-hmm. like that in country music, for some reason, I just, I cannot get into it. Mm-hmm. And hardcore like speed and like a, like power wise or like the vocal wise. What's- I don't know. Like whenever, maybe it's like something that I can't even fully identify because like, I can't tell really the difference between like, electronic hardcore and like metal hardcore. Well, I probably can't if I thought about it hard enough and like actually (laughs) wanted to listen and distinguish. But like whenever something's like too fast, too crazy, too much is going on, the lyrics are like the vocals are too much. I just I shut off. Mm. I don't know what it is. Um, Sensory overload. I think so. And I, (laughs) I think that I've deduced it's because music for me is such like an emotional response thing. Like, Mm. um, I, I think I listen to music Typically when I'm selecting music, I'll, I'll, I'll choose it based on how I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. And I never know what the right feeling is for hardcore music. So for this, which I suppose is like hardcore electronic, I'm like, what am I trying to feel? And what is the appropriate? What am I supposed to be listening to? What am I supposed to be listening to? What's the emotion that's trying to be elicited? And where is this emotion appropriate? And like, I think there is a... It's just, it always, because like, it's, it's aggressive, you know, mm-hmm. like the lyrics are aggressive. The sound is very Fuck aggressive. Fuck your guns. Yeah, like, you know, world of shit and I'm a pile of it without a fucking drink. I'm reminded like, you know, like <laughs> I can, I can appreciate actually like the poetry of some of the lyrics, like reading yeah. through it. Never would be able to tell listening to it. Cause I don't understand what they're saying oh, really? <laughs> cause I'm stupid. Um, reading through the lyrics, some of it's like pretty interesting and like well-written, but I'm like, I just, I never feel aggressive enough to need this, you know? And like every time I do, I feel like I'm like, ah, ah, like it's, it's a bit too much for me. So I, for me, I I understand that a lot of people really love hardcore music and I'm happy that this elicits some kind of uh, response from you. But for me, it just, I can't, I can't get into it. I can't. So I really, I really dislike listening to this album. I think that's, that's like a totally fair yeah. thing. And I couldn't tell the songs from one another. I oh. think I'm just that dumb. Like I, no, I, don't, no, I, don't I, I need to like listen that. to more hardcore to like, to like integrate myself so I can actually have a decent conversation about it, but it's too much. I think that's like a totally fair, like everybody pulls something away from music. I personally, the thing I pull from it is not an emotional response, but like the energy. Mm-hmm. I do it when I'm like cleaning <laughs> yeah like that's okay. weird right like, yeah. like it's just like in a weird way it just like gives me energy to want to like get up and do something that makes sense like and not like sit and like think about what i'm listening to like i'm not actively paying attention to lyrics even mm-hmm. i'm just i want to get up and like go around i want to I, I i don't even work out but like you know like it makes you want to work out or like do something like, like mm-hmm. that right like, and like things like that mm-hmm. I just i've always gone from like, like death metal or everything like that it's just like it just gives me energy more yeah. than anything mm-hmm. that's right? fair and like when you get like that really cool, like fast, like electronic beat, it's like, oh yeah, like let's go almost kind of like feeling, right? Yeah. That's like, that's yeah. my emotional response to it almost like, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. I can, I can understand right, so that. It's like, mm-hmm. like I, I think you and I come from like the same area where like neither of us are really aggressive people. No, you're both so chill, <laughs> <laughs> which is why this is shocking. <laughs> like that, like this music isn't like, we don't listen to this music to like, you know, like, Elizabeth's like response to like you know like punch like oh I just need to punch a wall or something like <laughs> yeah. some people are like like that but like I don't like I'm not getting 
that feeling from that music i just like getting like this punch this burst of energy that mm-hmm. like i, I don't really think i would ever want to go to a live show yeah because i feel like the energy of the crowd would be too much for me mm-hmm. because i would want to be like observing but i love listening to it at the same time but i'm not going around like oh like, like what the fuck is like, that yeah, like like yeah that punching walls like trying to like fight people like no that's not what i get from it yeah. <laughs> which is another weird thing because most people that i know who like hardcore music whether it be metal or electronic or otherwise are like generally like pretty chill well-mannered human beings like not a lot of them are like aggressive and scary mm-hmm. so yeah but like i can't even really appreciate the musicality of it because it just sounds kind of like noise to me i think when mm-hmm. it all jumbles totally together fair. um and i'm not like a i'm not like a, an innately musical person as it stands mm-hmm. so it it takes a lot for me to be able to be like that's really impressive musical skill mm-hmm. and this i just i can't yeah like good, good job, Machine Girl. You, you, you made a good album for people who like it. I'm nothing against it. Just like not my cup of tea. I don't think. A big draw for me personally, and with art in general, is I find things that I feel like I would never be able to make up myself very interesting. If that mm-hmm. makes sense. Like this is mm-hmm. so like different from like how I think or how I would ever make music. That when I hear it, I'm like, wow, that's very interesting. I want to like almost dig into the mind of who made it. Yeah. Like that's why I also find like really abstract art or like, like I've like seen like artwork of like people who have like schizophrenia and stuff like that, like make art. And like, I always find it so fascinating because it's like, wow, I wonder what, like how they conceptualize that. Mm-hmm. So when I hear this and it like, it's so abstract and rough, but at the same time has a groove, has things that actually like are drawing and like it's structured. That's mm-hmm. like so interesting to me. And that's why I want to go and listen to it and try to understand it almost. That's how I feel about a lot of it. That's also why, in general, I find electronic music interesting because, well, like the few that I've picked, like I'm not sure if you've listened to any of them, but probably not. But they're like <laughs> usually like like a little bit more on like the layered, like lots of layers and like a lot, but like it also sounds very cohesive. And to me, it's like I don't understand how you could ever put all those layers together mm-hmm. and like get something good because I played around with a Garage Band back in my <laughs> visual production classes in like grade seven, and like oh you layer on a bunch of things and it just sounds like absolute <laughs> garbage, right? <laughs> like those are like so just i find it super interesting in that sense yeah Yeah. fair at the same time i do love the energy so there is that other appeal for me is this true love feels like a glove that's a lyric (laughs) nice i wet the bed again the affirmation of man i'm i'm picking out i'm picking out specific lyrics that sound dumb to me but actually like reading through some of it sounds like some of it looks fairly like Coherent. I don't want to say poetic because that elicits like a different kind of vibe yeah. than what they're going for, I think. But I don't know. Some of it's like pretty interesting stuff. Just in the context, I don't think I can appreciate it very well. Did you see that this guy did a bunch of remixes for Jet Set Radio? Like Machine Girl? Yeah. No, I did not see that. Yeah. Now I'm definitely going to check that out. Though. Yeah. Yeah. Not sure if you if this person was like featured on them, but I think I think they were the one that mostly was the one that just did all the the remixes on here but yeah i haven't listened to it either but i'm curious to see how he remixes jet sound stuff yeah. but yeah um i'm not sure what else to really say either i personally just really enjoy the the drums and like the energy mm-hmm. and like holy shit the beats like these drum beats are just like masterfully they're chosen. so well like done. they're just really well done really really tight mm-hmm. yeah like, it, like i said it draws a lot of um the same draws death grips mm-hmm. specifically 
the power that be. Like when they had like this one track called Death Grips 2.0, it was like a closing track on an album. And then it was, it was very much like this, very like electronic with like abstract, like drumming and like very like harsh drumming beats and everything like that. Mm-hmm. I was really excited because I was like, that's a sound I really enjoy. Like I, as soon as I heard yeah. it, I was like, this is cool. That's the takeaway. But then they never went in that direction. They went, I would even say like way more calm with the most more yeah. sounds. Like they're definitely like, because they gain popularity, I feel like they want to continue that rise. So like stripping Be a bit away. more accessible. So when I heard this, I was like, this is what I want because it's not trying to appeal to anybody except for I feel like themselves. Mm-hmm. And then people come in and appreciate it. Really appreciated that. I, I like the I like how the, the first song relates to the cover. I think that yeah. was my favorite part of it when I was like, <laughs> oh, this is your face on dogs. That's funny. <laughs> Just kind of feels like it. <laughs> it was funny. It was funny. I liked it. <laughs> that was my main takeaway from this album. It was like, oh, that's that's clever. Yeah. Cool. Do you like personally like the cover at all though? Uh or like what did you think? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. It's tight. I like that I like I the really collage effect it. of it. It's yeah. really cool. Mm-hmm. That's freaky. Looks scary. Yeah. And kind of it's very much like a visual representation of the the sound. For some reason it reminds me of like 2005. Yeah. Yeah, like angry teeth bared dogs was like a big like motif of that era, I think. Very big in like rap. Do you do you not remember that? Not really, I know. I remember seeing it on uh the basement door of my babysitter's house. <laughs> to leading leading toward like her her like teenage son's room. Oh. Like barking dogs and shit like that, looking like scary. Yeah, you know that that just like brings me back to that, that mm-hmm. time frame. Maybe that's just like my yeah. <laughs> no, that's a personal. Vibe. I feel like I've I feel like I have like blips of me- memories of that kind of visual mm-hmm. from like music videos back around that time, like with like yeah. rap, like yeah, rap, had, like the black and white music video was like instantly it's like the dog barking. Didn't Kanye have a have a really? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, 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 that song, that song. Yeah. In the oh, music video. The music video for uh, from a theme song. Black Skinhead. Oh, yeah. oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. A regular black jeans song. I thought, I, you were, I thought you were starting with like DMX. Eh? <laughs> Which he does. Oh, yeah, yeah, he does also, also, yeah. Yeah. also DMX. <laughs> That's I was trying to do the breathing bit from Black Skinhead. Oh. Yeah, it's like a weird bark breathing. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. <laughs> That's so. <laughs> this is why we're not in music. We just talk about it. Yeah. I'd love to hear Aiden do a, a Yeezus an cover. acapella. Oh my god, oh my god. Like a cover album. A Yeezus acapella. Like all the- <laughs> Iconic. I buy that. Buy it on iTunes. Yeah. What was it? You missed me doing a. This is a bit off topic, but you missed me doing a American Boy for karaoke. Okay. Yeah. It was so good, but you fucked up the lyrics. I did fuck up the lyrics. I, I wish I, I kind of forgot the Kanye bit. A little bit. My prof is an asshole and puts an exam the next day worth 30%. Fuck. That's messed. Yeah. After Halloween? So yeah, November 1st. Wow, I can't believe yeah. he hates to have fun. Yeah. yeah. At 8.30 in the morning, too. Ugh. So, it's like, yeah. Over it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think we all have everything that we kind of want to say with this one. Yeah. I would not recommend this to most people. Yeah. Unless I know them. I, yeah. I will admit that. I'd have to know them well enough to be like, hey, I can see that you enjoy this sort of thing. Yeah. I'd say, do you want to kill somebody? If yes, <laughs> listen to this. It's definitely hard because it's not your classic electronic. Yeah. Right? Like like a lot of people like electronic when like the harsh vocals. A lot of people like harsh vocals when like the electronic aspect of it. Mm. And then a lot of people who like 
like abstract beats would not necessarily like like there's like so many parts of it that you have to like so many different genres in order to appreciate this a lot i feel mm-hmm. so it's hard to recommend for sure mm-hmm. but i uh, i ended up sending this album to the my friend who's a big electronic dude mm-hmm. at my work and i'm curious to see how he responds oh, but he i was like responded yet? yeah i was like <laughs> like at like 12 o'clock today i was like check this out i'm curious oh. to hear what you think <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so like i feel like in two days i'm gonna be get, i'm gonna get a message and be like what the fuck did you send me <laughs> but, yeah. but yeah um same boat i probably wouldn't initially recommend this unless i knew someone well enough to be like this is the shit you like yeah. and that's kind of it i think that'll i think we can assume that graham would not recommend it yeah. no <laughs> not unless um you you're in the mood someone. to hit someone with a car <laughs> and then set that car on fire yeah and then dance on it yeah, and then die in that fire. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure, I like whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's a no, I'm I'm sure there's an audience for this. It's just I don't I'm I no. can't jive with it. But I, I appreciate how um layered it is. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the cover's lit. So it's a good cover. Yeah. Good yeah. job done. Yeah. All right. I think that'll probably end us off for this week. First off, thank you so much, Graham, for coming in and guesting yeah, for really uh, nice Andrew. Yeah. Oh, thank it was you. Great to have you on. I had a blast. I had so much fun. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I'm sure yeah. it will not be the last. I... Yeah, hopefully not. Yeah. Unless I die. Yeah. And then hopefully the theme to that will be the yes. Machine Girl, the Ugly Art. Yeah. <laughs> Just don't die. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have anything that you'd like to plug or your social media or anything like that? Um, yeah, sure. My Instagram, Twitter is at Graham Hooson. I write a lot for Stylus and Sound, Phrase, and Fury. You can catch some of my features in those issues. I've got a couple of features coming out in the December issue of Stylus. Ooh. So that'll be a lot of fun. Exciting. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, my cool. social media is Aiden Clo on Instagram and Twitter. You can find me there. I'm not really active on social media. <laughs> I have an Instagram account, Jugs Brar. Nice. I don't really <laughs> post anything. <laughs> I don't use Twitter. I hate yeah. Twitter. I can go on a big rant about why I don't like yeah. Twitter, but I won't right now. Yeah. So yeah. So I guess you could try following me on Facebook too. Mm-hmm. But I don't. I can't remember the last time I logged into Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> I think. Yeah. I think next episode will be kind of back to the regular format. Andrew will be free again. Um, I feel like most of us probably already have our selections picked out. Yeah. Before warned, I'm going to talk about K-pop. Yeah, it's going to be good. I'm going to be talking about post-metal. I'm curious to see what he has. This past week has been like release overload of like shit that I've been kind of waiting for. Yeah. Rosalia came out. So maybe even then I feel like I might be too down the hole. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe. I'd have to listen to Rosalia a bit more, but like I could have definitely talked about Vince Staples. Um, I would have loved to talk about that. Freddie Gibbs came out with Fetty. Yeah. Um. So it'll be interesting. I guess yeah. we actually don't for sure know yet. Yeah. So. <laughs> I'm not going to, yeah. I'm not going to speak for Andrew, but I feel like he'll probably end up picking Julia Holder. Mm. I would say so, yeah. yeah. He, he's, he's been talking about the album a lot, so. Yeah. But cool. thank you so much for listening. This has been In Tune. Um, thank you to Johnny for the podcast artwork. He did a phenomenal job. You can find him on Twitter. And Instagram, both, I think, under the same handle, Yanni, like, with a Y, yeah. and Sayoung, our very close friend, did the music for this. Thank you so much. Yeah. And thank, thank you, you for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.